This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey, Spotify's. Click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Hi everyone, welcome back to another Swanscast podcast. So we've got a special one for you today. Obviously, we've got the World Cup knocking on the door. Wales have qualified for the first time in, I can't remember off the top of my head how long, but first time since I've been alive, let's just put it that way. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of a big deal, I guess, other than the location, maybe that's a bit, bit of a talking point. But I've got with me to join fans of one of our group stage opposition got Abraham and we've got Rich, who are from the Seattle Sports Union. You might have seen him before on the podcast a couple of times, uh, back when we discussed Jordan Morris's move to the Swans. But now we're here to talk a little bit more about perhaps Wales USA. Obviously, we'll touch on some of the other stuff as well. But welcome back. Nice to see you both. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's good to see you. Yeah, always good to have you on, guys. And just before we progress any further, can I ask you both to remind all of the listeners or viewers where if they would like to hear more of your your thoughts and your talking about Seattle and the USA, where they can awesome. find you. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, my name is Abraham Deweese. Uh, check us out at Seattle Sports U on Twitter. Also check out our podcast that's uh, out in Captivate FM, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find all your great podcasts out there. Yep. That's brilliant. So, Rich, you wanna you wanna play yeah. yours as well? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh I'm the the, the soccer editor, um, as it were. Though I haven't written uh, as much as I maybe I should. But you can find me at uh, ss capital ssu underscore capital Richard capital M on Twitter, and uh, it's a, it's a mixture of uh, of sports and soccer mostly, and uh, other just things of interest. So. And I'm uh, on I'm on the podcast on a regular basis as well. And he's repping the Swansea top today. So uh, is that last last season's blacket? Uh, yeah, it's still. I got a Morris on the back. Ah, the, it's the year before under Steve Cooper. <laughs> yeah, the year before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, wish we got to see more of him, but I'm sure we'll get to discuss a little bit about Jordan Morris and how he's recovered, perhaps from obviously the injury that ended his time in Wales. But first of all. I want to start a little bit about the championship, the EFL, and Swansea specifically, and how the club is perceived over with you guys in America, and specifically Seattle, I guess. So, you know, we, we came to speak to you the first time because Jordan Morris came to Swansea. That is the That was the sort of catalyst, I guess, why we got in touch and why we did the podcast. I'm just wondering now, he obviously, he wasn't here last season, you know, he went back after the injury. Is the perception of Swansea the same, like, to people, are people interested in the club? Um, or is it just because of a transfer like that that people sort of take the interest? I'm just wondering what is the like perception of Swansea as a club right now? Do you want, do you want the brutal, honest truth, or would you like yeah. a, a vapid, no, no, vicious honest slide? truth? We just want to know because the next part of it would be in comparison to the Premier League. So oh, okay, because I kind of like see how much of a difference it makes. 
because I got plenty of lies to, to throw out. Yeah. There, but, uh, I, think <laughs> the, I think the uh, <laughs> doing a sports podcast, I, I come up with a lot of stuff. That, uh, yeah. Just, but the the brutal honest truth, I, it, it's it's back of mind. Everybody uh, who likes international soccer, international football, uh, has already gone back to their uh, allegiances. That would be, yeah. you know, like usually the more popular teams, like uh, in the Premier League. Uh, Rich, Rich, you might have a different you might have a different spin on this though. No, I, I think that you're right. Um, really for the American audience, it's the premiership or nothing, really. Like most most folks, unless they just sudden somehow like fall in love with some other, you know, team and they randomly become a Queen's Park Rangers or uh, um, you know, a Brighton or um, I don't know, Coventry or something like that. They find a kit that they think is just like really cool and it happens to be for a, a lower tier team. It's They're just going to watch the Premier League because it's easy to watch and it's what's on TV like 90, like of 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 international professional soccer. It's It has the bandwidth of like 80% of what's out there on actual like broadcast TV. Um and everything else, you have to go to a streaming platform or you have to go to like a niche, you know, third tier cable provider to, to find, you know, something else. I, um, I, think I will say that uh, the big game here for Swansea tomorrow with Cardiff yeah. is on yeah. ESPN Plus. Of course, well, it's at the most obnoxious hour, um, 5 a.m. for me and 4 a.m. For, for Abraham. So, I mean, that's. That's still like seven Eastern. You're just not going to get a whole lot of eyeballs on, on you know, a, you know, a you, big game in the in the championship. You know, Rich, something that that, that that occurred to me is there's also a popularity based off of uh, American investor, American invested uh, uh, British teams, right? Yeah. So when you look at Stan Kroenke, uh, he, he's got the uh, Arsenal, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of cross promotion with his. Uh, I believe he. He has the Rams, doesn't he? The, yeah. the American football yeah. Rams. And then you'll take a look at the Glazier group who, who also has Tampa, right? Tampa uh, Bay and uh, Manchester yeah, United. Manchester yeah. United. And you'll find a lot of cross-promotion with that. Even Albert Smith uh, with uh, West Ham, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, they're not, they're generally a nothing uh, Premier League team. West Ham. West, West Ham. Yeah. Oh, they've been climbing. They've been climbing the last few years. They, yeah, yeah. Middle, middle of the road. They yeah. they have a like they're usually mid table and then like every five years they're like top five or something like that. But yeah. they'll get yeah. some they'll get some cross promotion in America too. Well, we got uh, I mean the allegiance. Well, I say allegiance. Our owners also have the allegiance with DC United or one of. Oh, we've them. talked about this, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Yes, the the ones that put together uh, mediocre teams in America, <laughs> like the <laughs> they... uh, like the Tennessee uh, or uh, sorry the uh, the what's the basketball team, Rich? The Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies, yeah. Are they not doing well at DC then? Are they not great? DC was bottom of the table of the entire league this year. Um, and the issue is that they they fired their longtime head coach who'd been with the club as a player for, I don't know, like eight years. And then he was the head coach for like, I don't know, more than a decade. And since he left, they've kind of like stumbled from manager to manager to manager with no actual philosophy of how they want to play football no you know how do they want to recruit players no like build out the academy and this is the type of academy player we're going to do like they just don't have a philosophy i mean that sounds better for what you're saying like the more (laughs) like our our system sorry sounds better because a lot of swans fans right right hate the fact that the same owners have dc they all think um it's quite a big argument that people think money's put more into the American club than the Swans. Mm. External money now, like investment, I guess. But to hear how badly they're doing, you know, (laughs) I just, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? You just, you you read and you see things, but like you guys, are you in the same league as Seattle? Are they in the same league as you? Or is it different? Same same league, different conference. Yeah, yeah. So So like you obviously know a little bit more about the detail and they clearly not necessarily doing good there so i don't know whether we should be envious or actually can i, can I ask you guys about a uh, there, there's a legendary team called Fulham, and uh, american bought that out shot Sh- Khan. yeah and he this is the same guy that's 
run the Jacksonville Jaguars NFL team yeah. underground. And the same guy who throws a lot of money at uh, All Elite Wrestling. And it, <laughs> it flounders and nobody watches it. What are your guys' opinion on, on him? I, I, because Fulham, I always remember that being like a legendary team. And then now it's kind of a nothing. Uh, this would be one for Lee, probably. Yeah, I think Fulham's a bit of a funny one. They've sort of um, they come up and down between the Premier League and the and the Championship. They seem to be stuck in that vortex of not being able to sort of consolidate when they come up. Um, but they always seem to have plenty of money. Uh, there's always money thrown at them. They always seem to buy good players and have a good squad on paper. And you think this is the year that they're gonna they're gonna consolidate, and then they yeah. seem to come straight back down. But um, looks like this year for yeah. them, though they seem to be doing a decent job. Yeah, I was going to say this year they've they've come up and it seems to be going a lot better. I think I think they might actually stay in the league this year, and I think yeah. if they can consolidate with the money that is being put into the club, and I think a massive factor is and always has been in in English football is that teams based in London tend yeah. to attract uh, a lot more investment, a lot more players just because of where it is. Um, so I think yeah, they if they can stay up. Maybe two or three years in a row, they'll be, they'll, they think they'll be fine. They'll be sort of mid mid tier Premier League for a while, if uh, if they can do it. Yeah. It's a big if. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, going forward with the question about the Swans, and so obviously the reason I asked was because of the interest peaked when Morris came. Just wondering what it is like now. There's obviously the link with the American owners, um, and maybe the fact that Wales is in the World Cup might turn some heads just to some players see what they're doing. But back to Jordan Morris then. Just as perhaps a little bit of a check-in, it'd be nice to see how he's doing, how he recovered. Like we haven't spoken perhaps a year or so. So has he got back into the team? Has he shown the same sort of form? And where's he looking when it goes towards getting in the team for the World Cup? Or would we likely see him line up against against Wales and some of the Swans players that he might have got to know? I'll answer. I'll answer the club level. Rich, hopefully you can fill in with the World Cup. Uh, the at the club level, he's made a full return. Uh, he had. He's a starter. He'd been playing uh, pretty much the entire year. He helped the Sounders win the uh, win the Champions League for uh, for Concacaf, and so now the Sounders will advance to the to the world stage for uh, club teams. And yeah, he he made a rare, very good. He rebounded very well. Uh, maybe has a little bit less of a step on his speed, which is his game is that speed. But uh, for MLS, I, I think he's still a valuable contributor. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make the World Cup, Rich. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's nobody really knows. There's he's he's definitely on the on the fringe of. There's probably I'd say there's 20 players that are in. Like unless they get injured right before the World Cup, there's the top 20 that are for sure in, and he is in that next year because I think uh, rosters are up to 26. I think this this go round. And so he's he's vying for one of those last six slots along with his teammate um, Christian Roldan. Um, Morris, though, of the entire American pool, is kind of that unique player who can play both on the wing as well as at center forward, as and as a second forward. He he has a unique skill set and. He is the only player in the American pool that has that pure pace that like all right it's late in the game we're down a goal we need someone that can change the game that can change the 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 calculus of the defense right because he can always go go you know get behind and go over the top and then the other the other thing that he can do that no one else can do is no one else in the american pool at either uh winger or 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 forward um has his his pure physicality he he is in a he is a six uh, a six foot four two hundred and fifty pound man in a five uh, five foot eleven one hundred and eighty pound man's body. Okay, like he is way stronger than anyone his size has business being, and so like that like it, it's it's the it's the trope in soccer of oh he's got the combination of power and pace right well. Jordan Morris really still does have that power and pace that um, can change a game and flip it on its head. Um, he's nowhere near um, the skill level of uh, your national team's talisman, um, Gareth Bale. But, but I would say that from like, just from a, 
that that ability that Bale has to flip a game on its head in one moment because of his physical skills, right? Not not because he's a smart soccer player, football player, um, or anything else, but just the fact that Bale is usually faster than every single other player on the field and can do amazing things um, with the ball. Um, like it's that same type of a thing. Obviously, Jordan Morris to much lesser extent, he is not anywhere near the class of player that, that Bale is, but, but just that, that ability to flip a game um, on its head is, is unique. And so I think that he has a, a you know, I don't know, a 60, 70% chance of making the world cup roster. If he does, um, if he does make the roster, I mean, he's obviously, uh, he has like one of the, he has one of the most caps right on the USM. Oh yeah. Like yeah. He, and, but he's he, not going to replace Pepe or uh, Christian Pulisic. Right. No, no. I mean, he's not. He's probably not going to be a starter. He's going to be definitely. Um, but one of the one of the key guys off yeah. the bench, the 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 head man loves him. He he always plays, and um, but he might he very well could be um a compliment to Christian Pulisic and uh, playing on the right hand side. So, um, we'll see. I don't. I mean, it's 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 hard to say. Anything to add on to that, Lee? I was just going to ask. I think uh, obviously we talked about Jordan Morris, and we had Paul Ariola as well. Is it the same sort of scenario for him? Is he likely to make the make the team, or is he sort of similar in a similar position? He's he's in exactly the same kind of boat. He's obviously a different yeah. player than Morris, but he's a veteran. Coach trusts him. <clears throat> if he's fit, he's in that last six guys to get on the roster kind of slot. Much to the so- the soccer fanboy Euro snob element of the american uh uh national team fan 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 base that that loves to bag on anyone that's ever played uh professionally in, in the united states so um i think i think Ariola makes it to be honest uh the the utility of him is is mm. fairly impressive but uh, there is a former sounder i don't remember where he played in england but uh deandre yedlin has already made the team mm. so i want to give a little props yeah. out to out to, out to the local the local kid who grew up here in the Seattle area, and it's uh, made a name for himself. Miami. He plays for Miami now. Does he play he was for Newcastle for a while? Wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he was at Newcastle for I want to say six or seven years. Yeah. Yeah. So was yeah. he like first team then? Is he right back? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he will be. And he's in a. He, Rich, you can explain this better. He's kind of an attacking defender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 a he's a wing back. I mean, yeah, like, that's, that's what the but so the trend is at the moment in football. But he, no one pays attention to this, but his, like when he first came on the stage, he was really good at attack and terrible at defense. And, and now his defense is at least um, adequate, <laughs> maybe a little more better than adequate. So he's not, he's not a complete liability um, at right back. Like he yeah. um, was when he, uh, when he debuted at the uh, 2014 world cup. Okay. Well, um, Obviously, interesting to hear about Ariola and Morris. Like from just a Swansea fan perspective, it would be it would be nice if they were around there and they managed to get on the pitch when when Wales are playing, just to like just to see it. You know, it would be, it would be good. But <laughs> sure. we'll see if that happens. But on a on a bigger stage, then let's just keep the focus on the World Cup. How are the USA looking going into the tournament? I did have a quick look at the form, and it's a bit better than Wales's form on paper. I think like maybe friendly slash the competition we were in skews it a bit, but rather than all the losses that Wales' form is showing, USA, you've got a couple of wins, a couple of draws. Um, I don't know the last couple of games where Saudi Arabia result and the Japan result, is that a little bit disappointing? I was just wondering where do you feel you are going into the tournament? Um, the United States right now is... The, the team is a sum less than its parts. It It is not playing up to the potential that it has um last summer in 2021 the united states won uh the nation's league uh, they beat mexico in the final head-to-head and then they also won our uh our regional tournament the gold cup also beating mexico in the final head-to-head and that was with so nation's league was the the first team like the a team for both 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 countries and then our b team went to the gold cup and, and beat them head to head. Um, and so like, there was a ton of momentum there. There was a really iconic moment where 
Pulisic um, hit a penalty really late in the game to to give the United States the final lead three to, three to two, and he he runs to the sideline, he rips off his shirt, and you know does the the pose that uh, that's popular and everything. So, um, but but since then, everyone's form has been on a downtrend basically, um, with the exception of Walker Zimmerman who is probably going to be the number one uh, center back for the United States. He plays for Nashville and is a, a big imposing uh, classic American uh, center back who wins everything in the hair in the air and um, is a, is a threat on set pieces. So um, really uh, other than a, a, just a handful of guys, the whole team's form and, and more importantly, their chemistry is just, it's just off. It's not, it's not good right now. Um, well, I think, I think part of it has to do with, uh, a, a movement towards youth. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of experienced guys. I mean, you have Kellen Acosta, you have uh, you know uh, uh, Pulisic, but I mean, you got a lot of younger guys, right, Rich? Like Giovanni Reina in there. And well, yeah, I mean, you got you got guys that are um, very talented between the ages of, of 18 and 22, and you got a ton of guys between 22 and 26. But what you're missing is the the so-called lost generation. It's Jordan Morris's cohort. It's the guys that are 26 to 32 there's no like there's no there's nothing there it's it's just a handful of guys in the national team pool who um for whatever reason were never called up i mean there's plenty of talented players in that age cohort for the united states in the player pool theoretically but there's just tons of those guys that never got called in and um because of that they just don't they just never developed on the international stage and now at this point it's you know too late right they're, they're too old to, to be brought in in a lot of people's minds. So, um, yeah, there's there's definitely that that lack of, uh, you know, young enough but still veteran experience at the international level. Um, and, yeah, and, and I was going to say one thing that and I, I don't know. I've, I'll be honest. I've not paid attention to um, Wales. But, like, is, it, is Aaron Ramsey still in the mix and is kind of like the, the captain? Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a bit of a funny one. He seems to um, he seems to mysteriously be injured before ah. sort of some friendly games, and then he will he'll sort of he'll be fully fit by the time the the big competitions come around. So it seems to happen um, quite a lot. Do you do you, do you remember an American basketball player named Allen Iverson? Yeah. See, he had a, a big, really famous rant. You probably see him, and it's like practice we're talking about practice not a game not a game not a game practice and i just think of that when I, when you mentioned aaron ramsey being yeah, injured it's... for uh for friendlies yeah. but available for for games that mean something i mean the guy's what 32 he's been the yeah. you know i mean a, a core piece but the, the the americans do not have someone like him and they don't they don't have any any of those other players that are you know, complimentary to him that have been the kind of the core in the mix um, that can step into that captain role or that near captain type role and really settle things down. And I am very worried for the World Cup. Yeah, he, he used to be captain before, I think. But I think Bale is these days, isn't he? Okay, okay. I think could be wrong. Yeah, he Bale has taken the, taken the reins yeah. on, on that because, uh, yeah, Ramsey doesn't play an awful lot. But yeah. um, I, well, I know obviously well, you could... Will Christian Bale play for the national team? Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale, sorry. Yeah. Christian Bale, yes. Yeah. I mean, no, no, I'm Christian asking about Christian Bale. Will Batman be playing? I think Christian Bale is Welsh as well, isn't he? I think. <laughs> um, if he's fit, I mean, I don't know how he's getting on so much actually over there. I, I, you, maybe you can he tell hasn't... us a bit about Bale's form and what he's been doing. I feel he's, like he's not played. No. He's, he's been a very expensive trophy piece for uh, for LAFC. He sells yeah. he sells kits and he sells you know merch, but it's not. But he hasn't made the field yeah. that often. I would I would say that I mean they had a playoff game on Thursday night, and he he was not in the in the whatever it is. It's not the eighteen anymore. The twenty two whatever. He was not active for the match. So, with that being said, the reporters are like, "Well, he's healthy." <laughs> He's training, and my guess get is that the World he, Cup. I guess he's, he's he just does not want to uh, go play unless he is a hundred percent 
sure he's Wales through and through years, right? So he put his body on the line for Wales, but I think he's just got to the point where he don't care about any of his any club football anymore. He just he turns up for Wales and wants to play golf. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he's he, he probably is desperate to not get injured because of how much Wales qualifying for the World Cup means to him. Right. Like it's the one thing yeah. that he's when he's had a, a couple of years of. Like after the Real Madrid went sour and he didn't he didn't play so much and he had the loan to Tottenham but then went back and again didn't play so much. Like he had a couple of years where he's not really been the player he was before, but he's always been there for Wales if he's fit. Like and he was he tries his art like he tries his artist. So I think that's if anything I would speculate that any excuse to get out of the match until after the World Cup. But then after the World Cup, I'm not sure how much he's going to care so much about. His club career. Yeah, I think the room the rumors have been circulating for a long time that he's sort of due to retire. I think it was if if we didn't qualify for the World Cup, I think that was it. But um the fact that we've managed to get there somehow magically, I think um he absolutely desperate he desperately needs to be there. And I think I think it's probably the last time we'll see him play, I think, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. But I there were rumors circulating around here that he was he was injured for the World Cup, that that's why he wasn't playing for for LA, but then um, I think I think that's been that's been rubbish. No, I think like he you probably said, tried saying that so that they could keep him out of the squad, and then all of a yeah. sudden he's made a quick recovery the week before the training camp. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of the reverse of Aaron Ramsey, isn't it? I was I yeah. was going to say that he, he um, when he's been on the field, he's been electric and uh, and whatnot. But I mean, Los Angeles has um, really played almost their entire season without him. And even when he came, they've, they've not been dependent on him. He's really been a luxury player that, you know, if, if he's fit and wants to play and everything, they're happy to use him, you know, I mean, who wouldn't, but they're not at all dependent on him. And I think that, you know, he has a very good chance of playing in the, the next two pl- rounds of the playoffs, which would be the, the conference final and then um, MLS cup. Um, I think that there there is a likelihood if, if LA makes it through that stage that, that that Bale does play in those matches just due to their yeah. their significance to his club. I mean, I, I I agree that he probably is not enthusiastic about his club football right now, but he also does need some time on the pitch because yeah, he does. if I'm not mistaken, there's no there's no there's no window for friendlies right before the World Cup. Like we're well, going I think it's straight in now, isn't it? Yeah, I think the next the next game is the first game of the World Cup. I think yeah, game. I was, was going to say November nineteenth. Yeah, yeah. I think it may be with Bale. It's like a case of um, he's in a situation where he's so desperate to play. Like I said, that he's like, I'm not playing a game of football with any sort of niggle. I need to be hundred percent fit, and then I'll play. But if I'm not hundred percent fit, I'm not risking it because he's had such a history of stupid injuries that cost him a lot of game time. That I'd imagine he's like hundred percent or nothing. He's not like yeah. like a lot of players will be like, oh, I'm only seventy percent, but I'll put my heart and soul in, and I'll put my body on the line. You'll do that perhaps when he puts the red jersey on, but I don't. I think he wants. It's to hard be able to. to do it's that. hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine that he doesn't give a hundred percent because I went to the last Wales game where they played Poland, and he was everywhere. He was running everywhere. He was tackling everyone, and there was one tackle where you know two players have gone for a ball 50-50. And I was, I think you could just feel the crowd tense up, thinking that he might come out injured. Um, yeah, it's just really strange because he does like he runs everywhere for wheels, and then obviously takes his foot well off the gas when uh, yeah when it comes to the club football. Um, you got some questions of you? Yeah, I, I have I have one that like we we argue about this on our podcast all the time. Yeah. So we have a couple. Well, of... you're you're wrong about it, and then I have to correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's it's Matt. It's Matt who who oh, is okay. the one that bangs this drum uh, in particular. But it's um, uh, some of the other guys on our on our podcast really get mad that all the Sounders players go away for international duty, right? And so I I want. A, a pair of born and bred European football nuts to explain to us, d- our dumb American audience, what it actually means that your, cl- that your, your, your nation's club uh, has, has qualified for the World Cup, what it means to these players who have never had a chance to be in the World Cup, and why international football still is the creme de la creme the top of the mountain, the, the, the pinnacle of the pyramid for anyone 
that laces up a, a set of boots. I, I, I think you could add on to that. Uh, one of your boys, uh, Ben Kamang, uh, Ben Cabango. Thank you. Yeah. He made he yeah. made the Welsh team, right? Yeah, yeah, he'd probably be on the bench. I think for the right, but I uh, but to add on to what Rich is asking, you know, like the there's got to be a certain amount of uh, uh, swag that goes with that, certain amount of uh, drip, you know. Well, if I go in more detail, right? If you look at the Welsh team, you've got Joe Allen as the Swansea Academy product. You've got Dan James, who made his like he came into the professional scene coming through our academy. He started somewhere else, but we bought him, brought him through. Um, ben Cabango, as you said, Connor Roberts is homegrown, born and bred Swansea. He made his name here. Um, anyone I'm missing out that's obvious there, Lee? Yes, I'm just looking at the moment. That like just Roden, did you say Joe Roden? Yeah, Roden, another centre back who probably will start again. Comes through our academy. He's uh, Swansea born and bred, if you like. Ben Davis again, another one. He's, he's one of the experienced players there and he came through our academy in the Premier League actually, which it was a lot harder to get into the first team from youth in the Prem, but he managed to come make a name for himself. Plays for Tottenham now and yeah, so we've had quite quite a few with Swansea going into Wales and making a good name for themselves, giving a good account, but getting to a tournament, as I said earlier, it's first World Cup for us. But I would say, for me, when we got to the Euros, we've been the last two, but the first one especially, that was the the big one that we were all like, like this is amazing. Like we have because we've been so long without a big tournament in Wales. Maybe if you speak to people from England, it's a bit different because it's kind of like they're expected to get there every time and they're expected to kind of like later group uh, later knockout stages. But for us, it's like we're at a tournament. This is amazing. Like and the entire Euros, that first one was just a party. Like the whole thing was a party. I mean, if you go there, I guess like they had such a good time in France. I think it was France. Um, yeah, they had the song Don't Take Me Home song, which has obviously stuck since. But um, the World Cup, it will be the same. It's just, I think this World Cup specifically, as much as it's still important for us um, to begin to the first World Cup in however long, because of where it is in Qatar, oh, we've lost him. You can jump back in if he clicks the link <laughs> if you want to send him a message. Yeah. Because it's the first, because it's in Qatar and all the, the drama around that and the time of year. And I think a lot of the qualifying was done in the COVID period, it just hasn't felt exactly the same as the other tournaments. Right. But in regards to um, how important it is, I think for Wales especially, it means a lot because of it's not all the time that we go. So when we do go, it's a big deal. I don't know if you've got anything else to say on that, Lee. Yeah, I think I think if, like you said about the Euros in 2016, I think if you ask the question how important international football is, maybe, you know, two years before that, 2013, 2014, I think most Welsh fans would say it was a bit of a distraction when you had the international break. Um, you're thinking, oh, you know, it's a week. It's another week without club football. Wales was sort of not performing, not doing much. So there wasn't a lot of interest in it. So, so the international break was seen as a distraction and you were just hoping that any players from your club that went away didn't come back injured and there wasn't much interest in it. I think the success now with, with Bale hitting the peak of his football um, and dragging us through um, through tournaments, getting us to a Euros, getting us to a World Cup. I think it's become massive. Whether that continues yeah. now with, I think it's going to be Bale's last World Cup and Ramsey and probably Joe Allen and all these players. Uh, I think, <laughs> uh, yeah, for, for yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a difficult one because I, I remember before when Wales were underperforming, that international football was just the bottom of the pile. You, you didn't want it's sort of a distraction. Um, you didn't want your players coming back injured. Yeah, like we said, with the success that's come now, is I, I can't wait for the World Cup. You can't wait for the next Wales game. You know, Wales games sell out all the time. It's the talk everywhere. It seems to have brought um, a lot of people together, obviously, because historically it's just been Swansea versus Cardiff. It was Welsh football, that was it. But now... Um, even in the fan, in the stands, like at Wales games. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah, within Wales games, there's trouble between the fans. But but now it's, that seems to have um, that seems to have stopped and everyone's just riding this wave now. So, yeah, it's massive at the moment. So uh, yeah. do you guys do you guys go to the games? Uh, in, uh, yeah, now no, and then. Cardiff is the home stadium, right? It's easier for him because he lives up near. But um, yeah, I live I live near Cardiff, so uh, yeah, it's only about forty was minutes it, from Swansea. Was there any weirdness when you guys played Ukraine? It was it kind of a strange environment uh, uh, with everything I, going on in the world? I think it was just a bit awkward when they like. It yeah. wasn't really, it was fine in the end, but before you go into it, you're like, because of all the drama and the stuff that's going on, I don't know how to think about 
football really yeah in the grand scheme of world events but then if you think of it another way like i guess that's a distraction for them who are going through that tough time as well where it's something they can enjoy get to get together about and look forward to i know ultimately they didn't get the result they wanted but i guess like they would never wanted to have been gifted it either or or anything like that and they need i think there was a couple of close calls for us it wasn't like we got through easily we had to work for it so it was a good game in the end and i think that was perhaps the right you know thing obviously got delayed and yeah it was a bit tricky but yeah but some of that i guess you're not it gonna was, it was, yeah it was a strange atmosphere we didn't want we really didn't want to play ukraine it was strange because after we won our first game to get to the playoff final we were just hoping that um maybe scotland would beat ukraine and we wouldn't have to play that game it was a real conflict because you think you know we really wanted to get to the world cup and it was such a big game for us but also that was going on as well so it was a bit of a weird but then as soon as the game yeah. kicked off it was yeah we're back into we need to win this game it's so big um yeah it was it was weird before the game and then doing and after the game it was kind of just business as usual is that right yeah was that the one that you needed to get into the world cup yeah, yeah it was the final of the playoffs okay. wasn't it so okay. it was like yeah. whoever won that was going through um yeah. lee did you have one or two questions you wanted to bring up yeah the only question i have is just touching on the world cup as well i think we look at some of the groups in the World Cup, and I think Germany and Spain are in the same group. I mean, that would have been horrendous to try and even qualify. But I think if we're looking at the group that we're in, you've got Wales, um, obviously USA, Iran and England. I think every team in that group thinks that they, they can qualify. I mean, we've been looking at England recently, and even though they're the so-called maybe big team in the group, their form has been awful. And I think if the World Cup wasn't around the corner, I think there'd be a change of management because they've been that bad. Um, I just re- I just wanted to understand, what, even though you said maybe USA are not looking great at the moment, do you think there's a realistic chance of, of going through? I, I, I mean, I think so. Um, you know, the United States has a history of playing well against England. Uh, I think the headline from the last time we played in the World Love Cup it was, them that come out. <laughs> was uh, uh, I think it's the Yanks win one to one, something like yeah. that. I think that yeah. was in the 20, 2014 World Cup or maybe yeah. twenty ten. I can't remember, um, but it was it was a tie that was the English press uh, touted <laughs> as a as an American win. Um, so the the, the Yanks that expectations play, are uh, stupid. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> the, the media is all over them. They, they, I think the media is their biggest enemy. On like the expectations around England going into any event, like they just kill them before they've started. Well, I mean, let's be honest. They haven't won the World Cup since sixty whatever. Yeah, like... but honestly, it's coming home every time. Like as soon as it starts, that's <laughs> all. They don't. They they're the worst. Honestly, it's yeah, the they, worst thing to be like. They, even though we're not in England, we kind yeah. of get it all. Because of the way that our media works here, so like, so we don't get much. They'll, they'll be all about when this happens now. When the World Cup happens, <laughs> this is what it will happen on our TV and everything. You'll have the entire program will be about England going to the World Cup, yeah. <laughs> and we're in the same group as them, and we'll probably get like five minutes at the end. It reminds, me of the, it reminds me of the Dallas Cowboys here in America, where they just constantly drone on about how they're going to win the Super Bowl every year, and they haven't won since the nineties. <laughs> and it's like enough win and maybe I'll care like, um, uh, no I, that that's going to be unfortunate if you have to it sounds like it's insufferable to be honest but that's yeah, why when be- like we've not got better than them or knocked them out or whatever like we celebrate a lot and then they're like oh they celebrate like it's the best thing in the world like oh my god we they can't even beat us in a match but like because they beat us I think when we were in the Euros in the groups with them they beat us in the group but then we progressed further than them in the competition and uh, Sarah, I think there was like a video of the Welsh team celebrating when they lost to Iceland or something like that. And it just made this big storm in the, in the media. And it's like, well, this is why we celebrate like this, because you just make <laughs> such a big deal about it. So it's just, it's good when we do better, you know, but it doesn't happen very much. So, yeah, I, I think <clears throat> it would be, I know Rich, you're feeling pretty good about it, but I, I think it'd be irresponsible to think that the US is going to even win a game. I mean, I, I ran that would make their like as, as far as a political statement that that would make a you know they actually beat the u.s i want to say several a few world cups ago cups they beat of, us yeah, in the group. Yeah. yeah and uh 
you know, just overlooked them and they, so, they, they played 100% when we played, you know, at the, yeah. the second year. I was going to say that um, I don't know if you remember a few, uh, I think it was two Euros ago, uh, Iceland made a big run to, I want to say the semifinals of the Euros, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you know, all the commentators were amazed and everything else. But like Iceland was just a, they had a high level of belief, but more importantly, they had a philosophy that matched the talents of their players, right? And and they they bought wholeheartedly into that. And right now, I would say, you know, having watched a little bit of the Iranian team, they are remind me a lot of of that type of a team that is. Uh, is is relatively disciplined. They have a philosophy of what they want to do, and they're they're executing at a, at a pretty high level. And that type of a team can wreck a team like the Americans right now, who have no overriding philosophy, theory of play, style, you know, ethos, yeah. And chemistry. Yeah, like um, you know, in the in the nineties and the early two thousands, the Americans were so dangerous. I won't say good. Because I don't think they were particularly good at, at at football, but they were so dangerous at football because they would sit deep, absorb pressure, and absolutely blast you on counterattacks and on set pieces. Simple, right? I mean, that's like the the lower the lower tier um, uh, UK football strategy if you're you're the underdog right i mean like, everyone who plays against us actually yeah i mean yeah greece won the euros playing that way didn't they they did yeah. exactly the same thing yeah, they yeah. doing that so i mean it, it was very simple right and the americans were going to outwork you they were gonna um I, I think the american coach had a a thing he's like i want you to 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 do the first foul the first uh, yellow card the first 50 50 um the first offsides and the first goal, right? Like that that was that was the philosophy in, 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 in their in their qualifying, right? And they would play extremely physical, like go hurt someone. <laughs> like <laughs> what what they would say, right? And and now, you know, with all of these talented uh, players playing at the very highest levels of, of world football, it's really hard to manage them and come up with a um you know, overriding philosophy, how to best utilize them. And then the other problem is a lot of them have been injured off and on throughout, you know, the last couple of years as you, you know, made this run up to the world cup. So it's, I, I have every fear that this could be as bad as the, uh, as the 1998 world cup when the United States went 0 and 3 in, in France. Iran could be a little bit of a dark horse. I think, I think it's a quite an open group and maybe it'd be a, yeah. No, I don't think a lot of people predict the exact order of how it finishes and who beats who and the rest of it. But I think we are getting pushed for time. But I did want to ask one thing, if you don't mind, before we finish and get your views on the one thing. Uh, out of the World Cup now, <clears throat> there's been a bit of conversation in, I say the media, like on Sky Sports and all the rest of it. They talked about it a little bit recently about the prospect of things like Champions League final being hosted in America, in the USA, or, for example, just a general Premier League game just being hosted over there. I guess there's also similar conversations with NFL over here and the rest of it, but I just wondered what your thoughts on that. Is there any talk of that over with you guys? Is there like hype around it? Are people excited at the prospect of that? Or is it not really nothing? No one's bothered or it's just one of them tourist events that will end up happening. <laughs> um, I would, I would not want a finals event, you know, that you know, belongs to UK or belongs to, uh, you know, Europe or whatever, whatever it is, uh, that would seem one ridiculous and two uh, inappropriate. Uh, but I think it'd be really cool to see a regular season event. I mean, the NFL comes to uh, England all the time, right? They, they, yeah. tw two games a year, three games, whatever, what have you. We always send you the worst teams, but that's <laughs> you guys seem to put up with it. So. Um, sorry for all the Jacksonville Jaguar games. Uh, that's for that's, that's Lee's, Lee's uh, side. That is NFL. He knows all about that. So. Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, uh, there's reciprocity there, and it makes a lot of money. So I, I can yeah. see where you know what. Why not just have a couple teams, may, maybe uh, in the lower, the lower card, you know, low, mid card, uh, pop over to New York and have a game. It's only it would only be like a five six hour flight, right? Yeah. I feel like if they were doing it, it would be like the Man United or the Chelsea or someone. Though, if that's I, what they'd be pushing, I think you could sell. I think you could sell out a, a 
a lower team. I mean, a, a team that could use the money. Uh, yeah. But Man United... They wouldn't get it all, though. If they're going to do it, it's not for the teams. It's for the it's for the league or whoever's Sky or someone, probably. Right. And you bring up a good point, because the Glazer family owns Man United. Why wouldn't they bring them over? Yeah. yeah. I, I was, I was going to say that I'm of a different opinion here. I actually think that a Champions League final would be fantastic. Um, but one of the issues is we don't have a stadium in the United States that is of the standard that is necessary for a Champions League final. There's there's no stadium that is built for for football for for soccer um, well, that has you... a, a dedicated pitch that would be up to the Champions League's standard. Well, like, why can't you do Giant Stadium in uh, East Rutherford? Yeah, it's um, surely it's not grass. Surely there would be some because they go there for the preseason no. stuff and it's that field is. turf. It's like it's like the new field turf. It's not grass. Uh, yeah, it, you're right. You're, yeah, I was thinking. If, fierce, yeah, I was thinking the turf is a big is a big issue with the football, isn't it? Yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah, but they would find a way to get past that. that. Swap they would, that out. Yeah, they would. It's not that big a deal. Well, but but so like you can put in grass, but this you can't do what they do in the summer, okay? Which is they. Like install a temporary turf and it's crappy and all the players complain about it. Like this is like the pinnacle of of world professional football. Okay, yeah. this is the most important professional event. Sorry, Club World Cup, you you're, you kind of suck and doesn't not super important um, compared to the UEFA final. Just my perspective on that. But like you, you can't you can't have a crappy field. You can't have a a mediocre pitch for this. It would have to be on a place that already has a grass field, and Rich, I think... you can't you can't take that game away from the people. Yeah, like, we agree with you on that. Um, well, I think you've got. Go. I think was... you've got more chance of a of a final going away because I think we've had we've had like European finals in the far the far east of Europe, where yeah. I think we had Arsenal and Chelsea in one final had to go and play over in Azerbaijan. Which I think you've had a hard time getting the if you had like a home game, for example, I know I say Man United were home on one weekend, I think the fans would sort of protest against having their home mm-hmm. game right. taken off them. Right. So I think I mean, you'd probably have more chance of a of a final in a neutral event. I like yeah. I can imagine me I know like I forgot about the, the sort of the turf side of it, but I mean I look at the, the new Rams stadium, I think a Champions League final in that. In that sort of arena. Oh, yeah, that would be incredible. I agree with you, though, Abraham. I think that is taking it away from, like, it's the European Champions League, isn't it, ultimately? And I think there's two camps in it. It's the people who want to make money, who are all for it. And then it's the fans. Like, the fans are the clubs actually involved in the league. They're going so much further than spending more money and all the rest of it. Um, I guess it's an extension to that conversation we had about the Super League. This is where it's come from. I yeah, think it's like UEFA's response to like, how can we like stop and wanting to do it again? Yeah, congrats, yeah. congrats to everybody that uh, that put up a fight because I on we were on this show last year and I was like, yeah. there's no way you're gonna win that. And it's, it's not over yet. Won. It's not over won. yet. It's, not it's over, over yet. for now. It's over for now. It's still, I think it's still yeah. it's still under the hood somewhere. They're still working away. How can we get us to work? You hear you hear murmurings of it now and again. Like someone mentioned something. It's still there with all the people in charge. Like they, they want it to happen. It's just like obviously it didn't go down well. Now they've got to try and work on how they're gonna get it passed. So it's not over, I don't think. But I think that's a good a good place to end. Obviously a little bit over the forty minutes, but I have, uh, hopefully that's sorry, okay. one one quick final go on, Andy. quick fire question, just because I forgot about it earlier. We were talking about owners. I think since we last talked, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney took over oh, yeah. a team in Wales as well, of all places. Um <laughs> Wrexham. Has that has Wrong that boosted team. Wrexham's? Has that boosted Wrexham's stature in the US? Are they now quite well known? There's yes. a freaking television show about this. Yeah, they got the wrong team, man. It could have been us. Could have been us. Could have been us. It could have been us. Our yeah, away kit could have been Deadpool. Like, I mean, uh, the, what they've attracted though, it's just incredible. And and Wrexham are not in the professional game at the moment. They're in, like in the semi-professional, underneath the football league. And the the amount of investment and attention they've managed to bring into the club is is incredible. And I went to Wrexham recently, um, last Christmas time because 
my partner was working in Wrexham, so I went to visit, and there's nothing there. It's not. It's not the prettiest place. There, there is nothing there. So the the fact that they managed to get this attention is is incredible. Well, I mean, part of it is it's a TV show, right? So they, yeah. they've been able to incorporate Hollywood into into a you know semi pro uh, game. So I I I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's obviously two guys who uh, are doing it for the love of love of uh, the sport, but also able to capitalize uh, yeah i wish more 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 celebs would do that i wish that you know they just talked to um you know their the countrymen steve and jason i was <laughs> like look like, you had a go um let's let's just take over we had a we had a documentary jack to a king so they could have done like part two but there we are if some bats <laughs> um okay let's let's call it there and for anyone interested you could say this is perhaps part one. We're going to jump over on uh, Abraham and Rich's podcast for the Seattle Sports Union, and they're going to ask us some stuff instead. So this could be like first half, go and have a drink or get a cup of tea or whatever. And if you fancy listening to a little bit more about the conversation, going in a different avenue, I guess, maybe a little bit more about the World Cup, but go check that out when... I don't know when yours will be out. I don't actually know when ours is coming out yet, but <laughs> it's there. It'll probably be both out by the time this launches, so go and check it out but thank you for listening thank you both for joining us for the third time i'm sure there will be another one down the road uh, always enjoyable every time speaking to you don't forget to subscribe guys uh helps us grow we're nearly at 500 big milestone for us and let us know in the comments your um thoughts on the world cup do you think usa and wales can be the two teams that can get through together um would you like to see jordan morris on the pitch as a swans fan and um, see you know, it's kind of like a. It would be a happy ending if he gets on the pitch. I think for for that that experience when he came and it didn't work out quite. So yeah, but thank you very much, and we shall see you in the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few dips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the McDelivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering McDelivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.